welcome to the Krypton Podcast, your podcast for all things related to sci-fi Superman prequel series, Krypton. I'm Lacey, and with me as always is Michelle. Hey! Oh my gosh, you guys. There is so much. I don't even, I don't even really know where to start this week. Spoiler alert, I've tried to do this opening like twice and I can't do it because I'm <laughs> just so mind blown about this whole situation. So much happened this week. We are at episode seven. It is called Transformation, and the real transformation that occurred is apparently my ability to, like, keep myself together talking about this, because, wow. I know that we say every week (laughs) that this show is getting better and better, that whatever episode we're talking about is the best episode so far, but spoiler alert, it is once again true, and this is the best episode so far. It is just a non-stop everything and I was surprised when it was over because I felt like it hadn't been an hour yet Whew. I always feel like that every week I'm like oh it's over already the yeah, hour goes like, by oh, so we fast get back to XYZ thing. Like, <laughs> oh. I also you know what I like about the way they end the episodes they always like just end them like they just like cut in the middle of the action and then the following episode usually picks right up so I, I, like, can't wait for the whole show to be over and for to, like, binge watch it, because I feel like it's going to just feel like a 10-hour movie. Yeah, I feel like you could stitch it all together, and it wouldn't there, it wouldn't feel like there were awkward pauses or anything. Cause right. It just, like, rolls right. It just picks up right where we left off and rolls right into the next thing. It's pretty <sighs> All right. I don't even... There's, like, so much that I don't even know where to start. I tweeted about this episode last night using a gif of, like, a sort of ratted-looking Elmo joyously celebrating a fire and that's kind of how I feel <laughs> about this entirely because I don't even know what we should start talking about but let's start with our our standard did we like it I think the answer is probably obvious but at least it'll give us a bouncing off one. Oh, it was so good I you know it's funny when I was typing up my recap I was like I know I sound like a broken record because every week I say the same thing like wow Krypton really brought it tonight or like stepped it up to the next level but they really do. Like every week there's just, you know, more stuff and the story becomes more intricate and interweaved and, um, just like everything that, I don't know, it just always is, is good. Like there's just more stuff. There's more like, oh my God, I can't believe this thing happened. And there's more clues to things. And, um, you know, we've, we've finally gotten to this point where like almost all of our characters are together in one place, which is pretty cool. Cause that's just, like, the first time all season. I think this has happened. Um, and the majority of them, with the exception of Adam, are all, like, you know, trying to obtain the same goal, so. Adam. <laughs> My poor Adam. No. I just want, should we talk about Adam first, since he's, like, not really attached to anything else that's happening in the episode? I just wanted to reach inside of the television and hug him. No, like, the definition of sad, like, puppy dog eyes for half of this half of this episode i felt so bad for him i mean space grandpa gives <laughs> some good advice and then gets erased for it with <laughs> poor space grandpa rude yeah adam <laughs> i was like oh I, adam i think you missed the point of the advice but okay <laughs> i just yeah, i just love too. adam so much it's so funny because we talked about this last week you know the the two um, opposing goals, I I sort of, like, you know, agree with both of them. And so, like, whenever Adam's on scene, I'm like, oh, I hope, you know, I want him to win, and then when everyone else is on screen, I'm like, oh, no, I want you guys to win, so, I, uh... Everybody be happy in our, like, 
polyamorous commune <laughs> in the story. Like, that's, that's where everyone went. Which the show lovingly feeds me more fodder for every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> not that I needed confirmation that, that this is bisexual, but I've also just taken it a step further to assume that pretty much all Kryptonians are cool with whatever, so... Yeah, I kind of get that feeling, happening. too. Which is awesome. I love it. I don't know if there's any fan fiction for this show, but I might have to now. I think I said this last week, but I'm I'm genuinely curious because I feel like you really could sort of of ship anyone with anyone and it would be, for the most part, possible. Yeah. Well, you know what? I I think the the fact that they have children in the Genesis chamber sort of, you know, in our our society, in our culture, um, you know, getting married and... And having children, you know, that's, that's, that's like, what am I trying to say? The only purpose for, of sex is to have children, you know, quote unquote. So like in their society, it's not like, so it's, it's more of like a recreational thing that you just do for fun. So it's like, who cares what you, who you do it with? That's true. You know, like our society sort of looks at it as a means of procreation. I couldn't find that word. It was just not... It was not coming to me, but like, yeah, we treat it. We treat it more as like a means of procreation, whereas they treat it as you know something fun you do to pass the time. So, whoever. Yeah, I mean, you know, back back in the old back in the olden times, like half the reason that adultery was punished so severely was because people were afraid that you know their their kids would not be their kids, and that affected all kinds of things like property and money and stuff like that. But. But not only do they not have to worry about those things on Krypton, like they, they have, you know, like a, a, a tube that just handles this. So that's that's not even like a question anymore. Right. Science. So this is so okay. So we learned in this episode that um, so uh, when Jaina meets Drew, she is like, <laughs> I I kind of loved this whole scene because she's so like straight faced, like looking at him unimpressed. And, like, first thing out of her mouth is, who's your father? Uh, do, we think, <laughs> do we think he's lying that he knows and isn't telling people or that he really doesn't know? Because I'm kind of torn about it. I think that could go either way. Up until this point, he hasn't actually lied about anything. That's true. So, um, I would say he's probably the most tr- truthful character that, that's been on screen. Um sad. <laughs> yeah, he, right, I know, right. He has told no lies so far, so this would be his first lie if he if he is, in fact, lying about it. Um, but the thought that I had was that perhaps, I had two schools of thought. There is, of course, the, you know, Seg is his father thought. Um, and I was kind of like, hmm, the fact that he's like, I don't know who he is. I'm like, alright, something could go down and she could never tell him that Seg was actually his dad. Or, considering that what we just discussed that babies get made in the Genesis chamber. She at some point makes a decision to go ahead and have whatever little baby is waiting for her and Dev to have had in the Genesis chamber. And that's who Drew is. Oh, I didn't think of that. That's also possible. Yeah. I didn't think there might already be like a, I don't even know how to refer to this, like a pod or something. Well, I assumed when like, so like, you know, when um in the first or second episode, when uh, Seg and Nissa go and like, their like fingers get pricked and they yeah. tell them like, Oh, you're going to have a baby. I assumed that that was them like collecting the DNA to like create the little baby. 
yeah, that would work too. Yeah, so I assume that, that Dev and um, Leda have already done that. So their future children are chilling in the Genesis chamber as well or waiting to get activated. However that works, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but oh, Dev, let's talk about poor Dev. So Dev's alive, right? He's going to be like Anakin Skywalker and just be missing an arm? I'm assuming so, mostly because I refuse to believe that they would legitimately kill him off and not have really given him that much to do. If only because usually, like, before they get rid of a character on most shows like this, they at least get, like, one episode so you get to know them so that their loss actually feels like it has weight for you. I mean, I know we all kind of love Dev, but that's just because he's so nice and and he loves Lida so much. We don't really know that much about him as a person. So us being sad about him being gone is as much about Lida losing the possibility of him as it is losing him for himself. And that's sad too. Yeah. I think this feels like such a waste. There's so many other random, you know, sort of secondary characters who, te- who all tend to be like in the or something whose names I couldn't even tell you. Right. Like, well, that was my thought, is I was like, I feel like we've spent so much, a lot of time with Dev, like, I didn't think they'd just, like, rando kill him like that. So I'm like, maybe now, I don't know, I'm like, I'm not really sure exactly how that would go down, but I'm I'm hoping that he's not actually dead. I mean, I guess he, I, are there, see, these are questions I have, like, are there, like, I don't really know how the whole brainiac control thing works start with like are they robots now are they like a hive mind thing are there clones i feel like any of those things could be true yeah i don't really know how that works they seem like they're just under like mind control but they do have that little like thing in their head so i mean if brainiac knows like the key to eternal life he may have already given that to them in their little headpiece yeah, maybe their their bodies just regenerate or something. Right. I'm kind of hoping that there's some situation in which I will see Dev again. Me too. Mostly I, I just get super sad for him to be gone permanently. And I know this is the risk that we run in a in a post-Game of Thrones society where everybody feels like they have to have surprising and or shocking deaths to, like, I don't know, make sure the audience is paying attention or something. But the reason that stuff like that works is because they go, they give you the chance to really know this character before you just, oops, that guy was important because we said so and now he's dead. Right. I feel like I don't know anything about what Dev wanted or anything about his family or I feel like there was just so much there still and they made, and not that this means anything, but I mean, they made such a big deal out of him in the marketing. Like, he was part of the four, of the set of four, you know, main people and main houses. And I, I think it's just, I don't even, I don't even know that I could name another person from his house. So I don't know how they're going to tell me the story of House M if, if their main avatar is gone. Right. Plus, he's just so nice. He is. Oh, I felt so bad for him when Lyda, like, friend-zoned him. Oh, I know. I'm She's like, like yeah. I'm at the first place. I thought I was going to die, so I'm like, Lyda. <laughs> maybe like just lied a little I don't... and he's so like he's so sweet about it he's like thank you for caring enough to lie I'm like oh 
No, that's so depressing. I felt so busy. Like, I need him to have a happy ending, not to just be dead in the snow. I don't want, I don't want him to be gone. Maybe Jaina's brother will find him. <laughs> I mean, drag him to his. Not, the ice, the ice, what, what is it? Sith and ice have, yeah. have not, you know, deployed their, I assume, resurrection power that they must have yet. So it could happen. It could happen. I'm hoping it happens. So well, speaking, you know, what else, you know what else it is? Is that I'm afraid that if they take Dev out of the equation permanently, not that I think that this is a show that focuses on things like love triangles or anything, but with the removal of a character like Dev that sort of squares the triangle, I'm really nervous about what that means for Steg and Lyda and Nyssa. Because this episode always uh, already does imply that, well, not imply, but it sort of like opens the door for a Stegnissa something, right? Or at least acknowledges that they they do have a certain interesting chemistry together. And I I know we've covered this at nauseum, but I just really don't want this to be a triangle show. And I think if you take out the corner that Dev kind of represents, that that makes that more of a possibility. And I just don't want that. Yeah, I, I sort of, um, I mean, I always, I hope this about, like, most shows that I watch, but this one in particular, because it's on sci-fi and it seems to be a bit more mature writing, I'm always just like, please do not, like, land us in this trope of the love triangle. Like, I just don't want that. It just takes something away, and I'm just not interested in that at all. On some level, I always kind of like the idea that maybe Seg and Lyda have, have one kind of connection, but then the two of them have a different kind of connection with other people, and that, you know, while it may not be our dream polyamorous commune in, in the forest or anything like that, but it, it is a certain kind of functional way for all of them to be happy. Right. Without it being, you know, weirdly competitive or or anything like that. Like, everybody gets what they need from another person and it all worked out yeah i'm here for that i just although we i mean we did i mean it wasn't like we got a little bit of that this week with with lida you know like when seg tells her he's gonna go get nissa and she gets like oh, you don't have to go get her like why would you do that and she you can tell she gets a little like testy about it like pointlessly huffy right i, I didn't i didn't like that because it felt it felt off to me. I don't know that I think Lida would have been jealous. And that read as jealousy to me. I mean, Nissa did try to save her life. Right. I mean, well, technically, I guess Nissa did save her life. But before they got her mom to do it, she did come to her directly. So I don't, I don't really understand entirely why she's so willing to just let her die, number one. But number two, why she get so weirdly territorial about it. I mean, she does say to him, like, why would you risk your life, you know? And I I, I want to read it more as that she's just concerned about, like, what's going to happen if he goes into that building. Um, but, you know, I, I liked how, you know, when she's like, you know, a Vex killed your grandfather. And he's like, well, Azad killed my parents. I know. And she's just, like, snaps back, like, oh... <laughs> But I liked that he says, because when I asked her, she was willing to do it for you. You know, like, that's why I have to go get her. You know, like, she did some, she did it for me. I asked her to save your life, and she did. It yeah, makes, I, 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 that was a really good line. 
Yeah. That and, and then I loved when, um, so like to back up a little bit. So Darren, oh God, he's so just the like worst human, worst being. I always want to say human. They're not humans. Like the worst thing, person, alien ever to exist. He's terrible, terrible person. I am the physical manifestation of that John Ralphio gift from Parks and Rec about he is the worst person in the world. Just so, I mean, I know that we all knew he was trash. But I didn't think he was that much of trash. Like, I really didn't. Like, I was like, there's no way he's going to sell his daughter down the river. Oh, wait. I thought, I mean, I thought he was trash, but I thought that, you know, that he would be trash about everything except Nissa. And you know what? When he, like, sells her down the river, I'm kind of like, like, to Brainiac, I'm like, all right, whatever. I think the biggest shock for me came when he goes to her room and he shoots her. Like, I didn't actually expect that. Like, I'm like, and obviously it was her little uh, hologram or whatever. But, like, I was just like, oh, my God, you really just tried to shoot your daughter. And then you would think that then you would then have some sort of remorse afterwards. Did not but feel bad no, or hesitate. He didn't. He didn't. And I was just like, Wow. And then the nerve to be like, you were my favorite. Right. Because he's, he's just like a survivalist. Like it's just, it's just about him. And I'm like, wow, you will let's just like grovel and say anything to anyone as long as like you don't get killed. And I'm like, God, you were just the worst like scum of the earth person ever. You never understand why people behave in that way because not only are you betraying the thing that you love most, you're also showing the person you're doing it for that you're a piece of trash who can't be trusted to, you know, care about anything. Right. Right. If you're willing to sacrifice your own child, like what makes, what makes me believe you're going to be loyal to me? You know, like if, if I'm Brainiac and you're, you're there and you're like, yeah, no problem. I'm going to go kill my daughter. Like, why crazy. would I believe that you were, you wouldn't do the same to me? And you think that it would be more likely as theoretically he, well, clearly this didn't happen, but theoretically he should pause for a second and think about the, or at least struggle for a second with, with killing his daughter, but he doesn't even blink at that. So I, there's no reason to believe he wouldn't just shoot Brainiac in the head as soon as he could. Yeah. It's like, uh, he's just so, I was intrigued, though, we got to find out that his parents were Sithonites. I thought, I, I meant to tweet this at you and I didn't, but what I thought was so interesting about that was that it plays into that conversation we've been having about rank and how the families marry into each other. Hmm. And, of course, this is why people think that Mrs. Mom, who I desperately want to know more about now, you know, kind of married beneath her. If she if she picked this, this Sithonite guy... Right. For whatever reason. I mean, whether it was, whether it was love or who even knows, but obviously that would have been really bad, socially speaking. So clearly there's a reason that I, maybe she did love him. I don't know. We all make mistakes, but I, just, I, I am intrigued to get more of that story. And I hope that we do, because I, I want to know, like, what would make you align with this person? Um, you know, unless maybe she's, like, secretly also a Sithonite or something, or... Yeah, because he definitely doesn't seem to be particularly loyal to their ice god, right. or whatever it is. Oh, and then, the other thing that I thought was, is Effie Trinket, or whatever her name is in the cave, 
Is she his mom? Oh, I thought that too. I I feel like that's a definite possibility because in stories like this, it's it, that's always what happens is that random leader woman is secretly his mom. Right. But I, I feel like I, I want to also know more about why he rejected his life with them. Like, did he reject their religion? Did he just want to social climb to a better family? Did he really love Nissa's mom? I feel I, like... I mean, I'm more inclined right. to believe the former than the latter because see previous discussion on trash, but... Right. <laughs> I feel like what I got from him in the conversation that he has with Brainiac and, uh, you know, being the opposite of Druzod and always telling a lie, who knows what if, what is true that comes out of his mouth, but when he tells Brainiac, you know, that his parents believed in Sithana and that their God didn't save them. You know, I, I feel like he's just sort of an atheist. Like, I think he just, he doesn't really like see, and, and he says that to Brainiac, like, well, you know, I've, I've just never really trusted in Rao because, you know, my parents believe so heavily in, in Sithona and she did nothing for them. So I never really thought Rao would do anything for me either. So he's just basically trying to like, social climb or in his mind, he's trying to make society a better place by him being in charge. Even that argument is so disingenuous and also a little bit sad, depending on where you fall on kind of the religion scale, but that's not supposed to be the reason that you believe in any God. Right. Like it's not, it's not, well, I don't believe in this God anymore because they haven't done anything for me. That, that implies a certain transactional thing that isn't what religion or faith, Right. That's that's not how that works. <laughs> really not how it works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of the read I got on that was that he's just sort of an atheist. And um, yeah. And then I, so he says, you know, like all the Sithonites like disappeared. Like he doesn't say like, oh, his parents died. He's like, I don't know what happened to them. So that's what led me to believe that the folks in the cave are his parents. But then I was like, the only reason I would think they might not be is because he's such a trash bag and they seem like very like honorable, like noble people. Oh, there's literally no way he would have stayed down there to guard the doomsday. Right. right. So I'm he like, how did you raise down. this like trash bag person? Cause you guys have like devoted your entire life to, you know, guarding doomsday. So he would have peaced out immediately or tried to like sell it. Right. <laughs> black market how much can i get ebay uh but this episode really did i mean obviously i'm sure everybody who's heard me talk about this at any point in this podcast knows that i love nissabex and so this episode was so everything i have been waiting for and more oh when she yeah. like comes up behind him i was like yes nissa i was like shank his ass <laughs> right um, number one style icon like, dragged off to jail, looking flawless, in this amazing dress, pants thing. I don't even know what to call her outfit, except amazing. Looking incredible, making a hologram of herself somehow, being smart enough to know her dad can't be trusted about crap. Which is unfortunate, because I feel... Prior, prior, it's unfortunate in a lot of ways, but I feel prior to this episode, we've gotten a sense, we did get a sense that he was kind of her favorite, that they were a, a right. partnership on some level, 
that she really thought they were working together towards something, and that is clearly not true. Also, she beat the shit out of a dude, and it was awesome. Yep. I need to know where she learned, like, I need to know more about, like, <laughs> Ninja Nissa? Fight like this, her military ex-girlfriend or whatever, like, all of it. I need it now. Yeah, she was pretty awesome this episode. I mean, I generally like her, but this episode really, like, solidified my, like, stan fandom of Nissa. Like, I'm like, yes! <laughs> the burning elbow gift the entire time. <laughs> it was really incredibly satisfying. <laughs> I also felt like we got the first glimpse of, like, who Nissa really is. Because the whole time she's always been sort of playing this game, you know? Um... And I felt like when she's, like, confronting her father and she says, you know, like, I gave up everything. I gave up my friendships. I gave up my morality. I gave up my ambition. Like, I feel like, you know, and then, like, later on when she really wants to help, like, I feel like that's really her. Yeah. And I'm happy about that. I'm like, yay, I don't think you're an awful person. I'm excited. <laughs> I really want to meet her sisters so badly now. Oh, my God. So speaking of her sisters... Does Kryptonopolis bother anyone but me? The name? Yeah. I think it's ridiculous. And so every time someone says it, I'm like, this is the dumbest name for a city. <laughs> I guess mostly because it just reminds me of Metropolis, which sounds much better than Kryptonopolis. And I just feel like in a, on a planet where there's a city named Candor, like Kryptonopolis just sounds ridiculous. It sounds like, do you know those... Um, usually around Christmas time you see you see these in a store and they're like rip off Monopoly games but they're <laughs> yes whatever you're either the town you live <gasps> in or the college you went to marketing like, idea I would like a Krypton Monopoly game <laughs> in stores now sir now about what they would name all of the all of <laughs> Wait, it could be, like, all the little places. Like, Kem's Bar could be one of the things that you can buy. I like it. It'd be fun. But, like, that's what I feel like. It's, it's like, there, it was, like, UVA-opoly. And I'm, like, it's just, you made that up right now. <laughs> that's Kryptonopolis. It's, I thought that was an extremely ridiculous name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Now I'm crafting the Krypton Monopoly game in my head right now. Is it awesome? It's really awesome. And I'm thinking about how, like, the little pieces that you would play with, there'd be, like, a skimmer and a Zeta beam <laughs> and a cape. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> In my whole head, I was, like, picturing the board. I'm like, ooh, this is so exciting. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but, yes, so, Kryptonopolis. Uh, Nissa's, so, Nissa's sisters live there. So I'm really super intrigued to learn more about her family because I want to know why her and Darren live in Candor and the rest of her family lives in Kryptonopolis. I'm so confused about Krypton and its topography and how <laughs> and where anything exists on this planet. No one <laughs> sent us a rendering of a map. Guys, fail. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand where... Everything is in relation to everything else. I think next well, time Cameron does a Q&A tweet, I'm going to ask him. Can oh, you, you know please what? ask Cam thought, Welsh? I just thought about it, though. <laughs> I'm going to be like, Cameron, can you please ask Cam Welsh to provide us with a map of Krypton? Because I need a visual. I, I bet he thought about it, though. Like, what, how this works. He's oh, like sure. That kind of person. Yeah. 
No, he definitely seems like 100% he has figured out exactly what this place looks like. How like many how mountains far it would there take are. To yeah. Fly a thingy mm-hmm. to Kryptonopolis from Candor. Yeah. I was excited to. Uh, so last night when the cast was live tweeting and then Cameron Welsh was live tweeting too, um, I asked him, I was like, so do you, did you like have a plan, like a long term plan for this show, even though it was only season, like one season? Do you have in your mind. Like a multiple season arc type of thing, right? I asked this question because I feel like in like the recent decade or so, showrunners tend to like spend a lot of time working on a on an idea and they present, you know, season one of their show. And they are not sure if they're going to get picked up. And so not as much time is spent thinking about what happens after season one. Mm-hmm. And then their show is successful, and now they have where they may have taken years to develop one season of a show. Now they have like summer break to develop season two. Oh no, is this the part where we start talking about Riverdale? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to name any names like oh, I will. Riverdale, but yeah, like, so I feel like. It's really important when you are writing a show to really think about like where your show is going. Even if it never even if it never makes 3 seasons or 5 seasons. Like you should have a plan. Like what's going to happen on this show in season 1 in se- and what's going to happen to my characters and like, you know, have short-term goals, long-term goals. All those things should sort of be laid out before you start like making this show so that in the event that you get more than one season, which is what you're hope for anyway, you know, you're not just like flying by the seat of your pants mm-hmm. and hoping that like an idea comes to you. And so I, I asked Cameron Walsh's question because I was curious to see his answer because this season has been so amazing. And though we don't have a season two announcement yet, I'm, I'm fairly confident we'll get one. Um, I'm like, I really don't want this to be one of those shows where we come back for season two and I'm like, WTF. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. No, it's not. It's, and then it becomes Riverdale. <laughs> and so, um, the answer he said to me was, he was like, oh yeah, absolutely. He's like, I have projections for where the characters, I want each character to go. He's like, I have short-term stories, long-term stories. I was like, fantastic. This is what I want to know. These are the things I want to hear. <laughs> So I was excited that, um, just to know that, that, you know, everything is sort of going somewhere. So, you know, even if we don't maybe learn about Nissa's family this season, maybe that's something that he has in mind in the long term for us to learn about next season. Because we do only have three episodes left. And while they do jam us, they, they jam pack each episode with stuff. I mean, like how, what are the odds that they go to Kryptonopolis in these next three episodes, you know? Um, so I, I don't know that we'll see the arc of the first season is supposed to be, I'm assuming like a week. (laughs) Oh yeah. Maybe even less, but like the, 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 the story is, is Adam coming back and figuring out whether or not we can save Superman. That's, that's season one story. So I think I would not be surprised if, in in a hypothetical season two, which PS please stop I can we just please renew the show already? I think it might move away from that into more stuff like this. Because I I get the sense that that's the stuff they really love writing about. Right. 
I mean, and I know for, for us particularly, like, the hook of the show was Superman prequel, but the stuff that we, and I think the majority of the audience finds interesting, is really, like, the intricacies of, of everyone on Krypton and, like, the planet itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still like, I like all of the Adam stuff, and I've said this many times, like, I don't want Adam to go away, and I'm fine with them bringing in other, like, DC properties. Um, you know, like, I mean, Adam... Adam name drops a bunch in this episode. Um, you know, he, he hints about, you know, going back to get Superman, which I'm, I'm on the fence about whether or not I ever want to see Superman on this show. I don't feel like I need it. I don't feel like I need it, but I feel like if they did do it, it would be super cool. Um, but I loved how he like, he listed all his like nicknames, which was funny. Um, but, like, he, he talks about, like, oh, I can't fly, I don't have super strength, I don't have a power ring. So, like, he's kind of, like, hinting at other other entities within within the DC-verse. And then he, meant he like, super name drops the Justice League. And I was That's like, what? Sad. When he was like, maybe they noticed me then. <laughs> he just wants to be part of the crowd. Oh Poor Adam. But, yeah, so, I mean, there's always, like, a possibility of, like, these these people are persons entering the, the story, which I'm fine with, but I also still love all of the crypt, the stuff that like the political and, and religious aspects of Krypton itself. Yeah. I still think I'm kind of fine with the level we're at currently, which is, I, I think all the sort of, you know, Easter eggs and name dropping and stuff is, is fun, but that I kind of don't need it to do more than that. Other than the, cape thing which we're going to have to deal with at some point or other but right and now that we have kind of confused which is you know is the correct timeline that brainiac has to take candor and then that's all supposed to happen or they have to stop sod like we don't really know which is the correct before we thought the correct path was we have to stop brainiac that is the goal but now we don't really know what the goal is so I feel like we've already started moving away from that. But right. I don't know what it looks like. Do you think, so I've been thinking about this a lot today. Um, do you think it's a possibility that they, they, they being Seg and Drew, and that they fail? That we see that Brainiac takes Kandor and next season we're in, say, Kryptonopolis? I hope it's a different place. I don't want to say Kryptonopolis all season. <laughs> Well, I'm technically, is that even failing, though? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, w- that mission would be failing. Drew Zod's mission would be failing. Yeah. But I don't know if we're supposed to root for him to succeed or not. It's very confusing. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be that way. I do, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we said this last week, too. I mean, I root for both sides. Like, I want both sides <laughs> to win. But obviously that can't happen. But I do, and, and and this episode in particularly, like, I really, really felt for Adam. Like, Sean did an amazing job in this episode, I thought. Like, when he's le- sitting there and he's looking up at the stars, I was just like, oh, I, I just want to put a blanket on you and give you a cup of warm hot cocoa and, like, and you know, for what sing it's you worth, a lullaby, tell you to be okay. For what it's worth, and I said this last week about um, how unexpectedly affecting I found Seg and Adam fighting I found this much more affecting than I expected it to be too because like I said last week I don't know that 
this show has done an immaculate job with the way that they've sort of handled Adam's story specifically. Like he's kind of wandered out of the narrative for big chunks of time. So I don't, I don't feel personally like I know him as well as I know some of the other characters. I don't think he's necessarily always been super served by the story in the way that some of the others have. But I think the, it's the performance again, that, right. that sells it for me. Like I, I can see how much this matters to him and how much he wants to, you know, save the world pretty much because of the performance, not because of anything that the story has specifically told me, which is really just a compliment to, to Sean, I think. Cause so I think it's really hard to make you care about a character that you don't spend nearly as much time with, but I really, I felt so bad for him. And I just want him to be happy. Well, the same thing is, um, you know, I can give the same compliment to Aaron Pierre, who plays Dev. Because like you said before, we don't really know that much about him. I mean, we know a little bit about him. You know, we know that his parents were killed by, by Black Zero. And, you know, he has scars and stuff. And we know he loves Lyda. But, I mean, I don't really feel like I know, like, him him. Like, I don't really, like, know him. But mm. I still was, like devastated to see her shoot him and I'm like no he can't be dead like and and I think a lot of that comes from particularly in last week's episode like Aaron's performance he just sells it so well that you really don't want to lose this character Mm -hmm. and I thought uh just speaking of performances that Wallace Day plays Nyssa she was excellent this episode same so excellent and I mean, I compliment I compliment the the Zod ladies every week, but uh, again, Anne Ogbomo, who plays Jaina, I just she just wears every emotion on her face. It's just so amazing, and I loved that scene with her and Lyda when they're coming back, and you know, Lyda's like, I just need to understand, you know, like why did you do this? And you know, she fi- she finally just really says to her like, because it was a choice between my honor and my child, and I chose you, and I would do it again. And I was oh, like, oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, A, I loved it because it was just such a great scene, but it also just, it made me, it kind of broke my heart a little bit because you can tell she has never heard that before. Yeah. Ever. And didn't think that that was something she would ever hear. And it's just, oof, I felt so bad for them. No, yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of emotions going on in this episode. Also, speaking of styles, I do really enjoy uh, Lyda's, um, rankless look yes i love her hair like love that. her hair <laughs> from the shallow end i'm just like keep keep this whole look it's great i loved when her and jana saved seg and nissa and uh he was like you have never been more attractive to me than you are right now it's <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are so cute so oh so the other thing we should talk about is so seg killed somebody in this episode yeah and look well with it either is very very affected by having done that. Do you and, think that's the first time he's ever done that? Yes. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. I, I, I definitely get that. And you can see that it, like, weighs on him the whole episode. Even later on when he's like, we both, you know, like, none of our hands are clean or whatever he says to them. And I think you, you can see it really, like, bothers him that, that he did that. And, and it's funny because, you know, you can't help but think about, you can't help but think about Superman. And, you know... We've all heard a million times, Superman doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> so, you know, we could, we could, we could have that debate another day, but for the most part, Superman doesn't kill anybody. Um, and, uh, 
I, I just like these little hints of things where I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is the moment where, like, this becomes a thing that, like, in, is ingrained in, like, the L house, you know, that's, like, in their person to not, to not want to kill people. I mean, I know Cal didn't grow up with them, but I just feel like, you know, I mean, he has his little, like, fortress ghost dad. I'm not trying to take anything away from the, from the Kents, but I feel like there are just things that are inherent in you that come from, like, your DNA. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, I like when they sort of show these little, these little things like that. Like, that he's so upset about having killed somebody. Like, you know, the elves just seem like very honorable people. Well, you know what else struck me about that? And I think, I think we do tend to forget this because there's so much stuff going on. But that's how young all these people are, for the most part. Right. Isn't, aren't they, I think, 23? Is that what they said in the first episode? Something like that. But, the, I mean, they're not they're not seasoned warriors. They're not, you know, the, I mean, they're kids, basically. Right. I'm like, this is, it, it's like college me trying to... <laughs> right. <laughs> trying to process all of this. And I'm like, man, I really... Sometimes, like, writing a paper was too much, so... <laughs> and, you, and, you know, uh, Seg didn't exactly grow up in the house that... Lida grew up in where like you were trained to be a warrior your whole life so and I and I feel like it, it even still does like affect Lida when she kills somebody like you know she is upset when she kills Dev and you know Jaina's like you did what you had to do like you know it's all right you gotta move on I just love the Zod women so much yes I also I love I really really love that Jaina is like not really here for drew like she's just kind of like yeah you whatever like <laughs> you would think one would have a different reaction to meeting their grandson <laughs> from the future from the future I even blink at this. I, I liked and we, we've talked about this a bunch too how honest the characters often are like when nissa's i'm uh, not nissa i'm sorry when lita says to her like would you have believed me if i told you this story and she's just like no <laughs> yeah like she's like, i'm not even gonna pretend like i would have been wouldn't have been like yeah aha uh -huh, okay <laughs> Uh, oh wait, you know what we haven't talked about? Um, Brainiac. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, the stunning final image of this episode. So Brainiac is super weird. Props to the, like, special effects and creative people on all of this, because that big old fireball at the end was amazing. Oh my god. Yes. Looks this like show looks so good. I'm always like, I know you guys don't have a lot of money, and you somehow managed to pull this off. It looks really cool. It looked amazing. Yeah. That was so, and so that was interesting too, because I feel, and I feel like this, this ties into, I think we talked about this a little bit last week about when Brainiac is talking to Ona and he's asking her all these questions about like, well, why do you believe in the faith? And, you know, and she says, oh, cause I believe that, you know, I want to believe that I'm going to be with my mother again and all that stuff. I felt like that was him trying to gauge, you know, what, how important the religion is here in this, in this city. Mm -hmm. and how faithful these people are. And I and I felt like this sort of solidified that thought because what he chooses to do in this episode is really play into that. Where yeah. he's basically like, I mean, if you're a Christian or just know Christ, the Christian religion, like, he sounds like he's, he's Jesus come to take them to paradise. Like, he's like, I have, you know, risen to a higher plane and... You know, I'm going to take you all, we're all, you're all going to have eternal life. And I was like, oh, this definitely sounds just like, like Jesus has come to take us, you know? And, and, 
uh, and and I mean it's kind of like pretty ingenious the way he the way he sort of plays plays them in that way. You know, he's like no, and he kind of knows exactly what to say, and it's because of because of that conversation he has with Ona last week that he's able to really play on the 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 religious portion of it and the idea of you know eternal life and everyone being equal and and all of that. And it's kind of this really, like, sad moment because Seg is all, like, impressed with his plan. He's like, nope, this is what's going to happen. We're going to reveal him. And everyone's going to freak out. And then they're standing there and it's like, damn it. <laughs> and now he's on fire. <laughs> and everyone's just like, yeah! It's like, that is not what I was expecting to happen. <laughs> and so now they're, like, back at square one. So you're like, oh, what are, what are they going to do now? Okay, so I have a question about how Brainiac has kind of taken over this body that he's currently running around in. I I need to know a couple of things. One, this dude is or is not some some poor schmuck who was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and is now being bodily possessed by an alien. Number one. I, I need to know about that. Number two. Also, is he... Is is his body being taken over gradually by Brainiac? Because it seems like the the sort of gross skin and, and robot arms are kind of are kind of growing. So these are my questions. Yeah, I don't so I feel I feel like <laughs> I know, this is like a weird so I feel like this is not like Brainiac. Like I don't think I think like, there's still some whatever entity Indeed. on the ship. Yeah, okay. Um, and I guess he just is able to sort of, like, take over this body. Yeah, like, my assumption is that this is just some, like, rando who happened to be, like, in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, like, I don't think, you know, we all thought, like, maybe the voice was somebody. I don't, I don't think he's anybody. I think he's just, you know, he is who he was. And now he's been taken over. Like, Brainiac has taken over his whole mind and body. So I feel like at some point, like when we see Brainiac, which we've seen in the previews, that's going to be like something that gets off of the ship. Like, I don't think that this, like, I don't think the voice is going to like somehow transform into that. Okay. That was a question that I had. Yeah. I will own up Although it, I may be completely wrong. That might be what happens, but I have a feeling that that's not exactly like how that's going to go down. I hope not. Cause quite frankly, it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> But he does sort of look, you know, the way um, Rom looked when she was possessed. You know, like, the eyes being blacked over. And, like, she had, she had like, you know, the tentacles came out of her hands because she latched onto the, whatever, the Wi-Fi system there. Whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> so I guess I, th- I feel like that's just a, an aspect of the sentry that's inside of him. That somehow... Well, I've, sort of, I've sort of hand-waved to myself that the sort of metal robot arms are from the sentry. Right. Like, that somehow was just folded up real small or, or something. But I, I can I can kind of hand wave that that's where that has come from if this is in fact just some poor, you know, religious zealot who got basically taken over by a monster. I mean, I, I just sort of tend to, like, it's a sci-fi show. These are aliens. So, you know, I don't know. Alien bodies do weird things. Fair enough. I just kind of like hand wave it. I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> This is a society that grows children in a Genesis chamber, so Lord knows. Maybe they can morph into things. Who knows? Also true. <laughs> well, and also, you know, Brainiac is not, obviously, a kryptonite or whatever. You know, he's wherever he's from. He's a different type of alien, so 
I, I just assume that like the sentry sort of infected this guy's body. But I might be wrong. Like I said, I mean, maybe he will turn into, maybe Brainiac is just like a, I don't know. I think again, this this is all, this, again, I keep coming back to some, like how much of this is us overthinking it? And right. is he just, you know, is this poor guy just like a puppet of a larger power and we're not really supposed to worry about whether or not his body is being taken over by a matrix style sentry bug thing or right. if he's being possessed by Brainiac physically as well as mentally. I don't, I don't know that that is as important as we are perhaps thinking it is, but it's things I think about. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I know. I think sometimes I'm like, am I just like, I'm just thinking about this too hard. Right. So have we talked, I think we've talked about everything. I think so. There's so much. I know. I always feel like there's so much that happens and goes on. And um, So we have some emails. Let's see what our emails say. So this one is from Simon in Germany. Yes, thanks everyone who is emailing us. We love to read thoughts that are not our own because, you know, we talk a lot so we know what each other thinks. Yes. I love reading all these emails from you guys throughout the week. So let's see. Simon says, congrats on the great podcast. Thanks, Simon. Watching Krypton on Amazon Germany. Pretty cool. I've always wanted to go to Germany. I never have. Me too. It's on the list. So just wanted to, he says, just wanted to ask for your theories how the season could play out. I would be interested in seeing more of Sig and Nessa, Nissa and their dynamic. Me too. Me too. Me too. Watching episode six, I realized that they didn't talk for two or three episodes now. Right. Yeah. They hadn't had an interaction, interaction in a while. And it's, and he says, do you see Seg coming back to Kandor in season one, spending time with her or traveling Krypton in the search for weapons and allies against Brainiac? Thanks for your time, Simon. Hmm. So that's interesting. So Simon is supposing that this battle doesn't end at the end of this season. Yeah. My guess was going to be the answer to this question will depend on whether or not, uh, Brainiac basically succeeds or fails in, in taking Kandor at the end of the season. That's kind of where I've been seeing it going myself, but maybe he's right, and this is not um, a contained-to-one-season sort of story. Right. Which would, which would not upset me. Yeah, me neither. I, I am not... I ha- if, if I probably shouldn't shout out TV shows, but I'm going to. If The Flash is a show that we can uh, reference, villain of the season does not always go well. So I'm fine with the same villain being the villain in more than one season. You too. Well, plus I feel like we did, we did have to spend half of this season that we're currently in doing a lot of, of setup. Not that it wasn't worthwhile setup. Right. Not that I didn't enjoy watching it. Not that it wasn't great in its own right, but I feel like just, this week and last week we finally really got into the kind of the meat of the season and there's only what three episodes i can do math there's there's only three episodes left right that's not even though the show has proven itself quite capable of covering a tremendous amount of ground in an episode that's that's not a lot of time no and it's it's not beyond beyond the scope of of thought that they would that the end of this season is like a cliffhanger of them like face-to-face with Brainiac or something like that. And then, you know, we come back. There's like, next season, the battle for Kandor begins. Right. Right. Um, which, again, you know, it's a show that's only ten episodes, so that's that's completely acceptable to me. I'm fine with that. I would not I would not be sad if 
you know, we still have Brainiac here with us next season. Yeah, me too. We haven't even really fully seen him as himself yet anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, I definitely, like you said, I mean, they do pack a lot into every episode, so we could get to, you know... I mean, that could be next week. What do I know? Right, right. We could get to a point where, you know, they do stop him, and then there's something different next season. But um, I could also see, you know... An, an event in which in which they don't and that and that's like you said next season is you know the battle for candor well because also i feel like the battle for candor is not something that i see it as more like a this is such a bad analogy but i can't think of a better one but kind of like you know how in the american civil war battles for places would go on for like months at a time yeah that's kind of how i had been picturing this that it wasn't it right it's was, not like a 10 minute battle yeah, like, it wasn't, like, a one-stop, one-day kind of thing. I wonder, too, like, how this whole city extraction works. Does the ship just, like, suck it up like a vacuum? Oh, no. Like, <laughs> like how does that work, exactly? I mean, is the ship even there yet? I don't think so. I mean, I know that, that it's closer than they thought, but I don't, I mean, is it just, like, hanging out, like, right outside the atmosphere? I don't know. It seems like it's quite large. I feel like right, I feel like you'd see it. <laughs> it looks large. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's definitely a possibility that we're still with this story and this character next season. So, Simon, the answer to your question is, we have no idea. But <laughs> but we are happy to BF about it for <laughs> uh, So we have another email. This one is from Enrique. I actually interact with Enrique a lot on Twitter, so hey. Uh, he has Civil War reactions. He says, Another jaw-dropping episode. The reign of Brainiac has begun. I continue to love how this show is so well-written and the acting is superb. R.I.P. Dev M looks like my headcanon of him being General Zod's father flew out the window. Can't say I'm surprised Darren Vex basically threw Nissa to the wolves. Loved how Jaina was not having it with Drew Zod. I always knew she loved Leda with all her heart. I can already tell that Seg will be haunted forever after killing that person. Also enjoyed Seg's non-reaction to Nissa revealing that she had a female lover. Did you see Cameron Cuff's tweet about Kryptonians being sexually fluid? I did. This Did you see it? Um, I saw something. I saw, I think, an article which was about his tweet. Um, so he says, this gives me hope Seg is sexually fluid as well. Who doesn't want to kiss Cameron Cuff, especially after that scene with Seg and Nyssa? Having the Justice League name drop from Adam still makes me think Krypton is on one of the 53 Earths in the multiverse. Adam still wanting to have things play out how they are supposed to will definitely have some repercussions. I think we all know that I am extremely pro the everyone gets with everyone ending where they all just live happily ever after in a, in a poly sort of yeah situation. Enrique and I talk on Twitter often about how we, we secretly ship Seg and Adam together. I can see that. <laughs> like, I'm like, I just want them to make out just once. <laughs> it's funny. Normally on, on shows like this with this many sort of, shipping options there's at least one that i am that i don't like yeah that i don't like or or, or i'm like, like eh, yeah or whatever but that's not i would everybody can get with everybody here yeah no literally like i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind like nissan adam i wouldn't mind nissan lida <laughs> no no she was right, eaves- sure. she was eavesdropping sure. on the conversation between Lyda and Adam, but she didn't actually like meet him. 
I'm just going to assume they'll have great chemistry like everyone else. Right. Of course. I mean, they're all amazing. I love that other people are in favor of our, like, polyamorous society. Every, everyone. I'm pushing. I'm pushing for it. It's going to be great. <laughs> Everyone's going to love it. Because then everyone can be happy and no one has to be upset that their ship didn't happen because everyone's ship is happening at the same time. Yes. Everyone wins. Everybody wins. It's a win-win for everyone. Like we said, I mean, they make their kids in a Genesis chamber. It's not like that's a factor here. Yeah, they don't care. Not a big deal. Although, I, of course, I did have someone um, tweet me yesterday that when I said, hold on, I have to find it. Oh, I was saying I love how sexuality is addressed on this show or isn't addressed. People are attracted to each other, period. I said it should just always be that way. And I was, someone responded to me with a, that there's a lot of sex with someone other than your intended on this show. That will never be okay in our society. And I was like, right, um, you missed the point. <laughs> the point. I also don't even think that's remotely true. It seems to be okay with a lot of people in our society. Well, I was like, my point, my point I was making was in terms of how sexuality is viewed as, as in not judging or label, labeling people based on their choice of lover. It wasn't really about, like, being faithful to your husband or wife. It was just about how, like, my, my, what I was trying to say was, like, I just like how they don't, you know, like, she mentions a female lover and, and Seg doesn't even, like, bat an eye or, you know, he's not shocked by it at all. So I feel like this is a society in which, and we discussed this earlier, you know, people just kind of are attracted to whoever and they hook up or they don't or, you know, and it's not like a thing. You know, like, we're here, like, we, you know, if, you, if you're if you not heterosexual, you have to come out of the closet, or you have to explain yourself, and, like, on, on Krypton, you do not have to explain yourself, was more kind of what I was saying. I appreciate the fact that this society just allows people to be who they are without judgment. I mean, I really appreciate the fact that he didn't do that thing that dudes on shows do all the time, where it's like, wait, what, you dated a woman? And act like it's not only shocking but also read that like vaguely titillating do you know what i mean yeah like he doesn't even react at all like he's just like oh cool whatever yeah right and that's what i was saying is i was like i like that like in this you know version of this society that there that there is no like judgment or question on who you choose for a lover yeah it's just like a a a fact right it's just like oh yeah you know this chick i hooked up with or this guy or whatever it doesn't matter so we have one more from Norma. Norma emailed us last week, too. Um, she, I think Norma said in her email last week that she doesn't have any friends who watch the show, so she likes to share her thoughts. Um, but she talks about, uh, she says she's here for Lyda and Seg, um, but she does really love Nyssa. And um, she said she, she loved the amazing scene with her father, Darren, even though she hates him. Uh, so they were both great thinking people do. Yeah, she said they were both so good, and I felt sad for Nyssa the same way I had felt sad for Lyda. And both were always doing things to try to prove themselves to their parents. Um, she's a beautiful scene with Jaina and Lyda. Lyda is truly the love of her life. So sweet. Really was. Very touching. Um, and then she says, I know I didn't originally agree with your theory that Druzan might be second Lyda's son, but I'm there now. I'm not sure I'm buying the father killed during the battle story. I also, I also don't think that Jaina's feeling her grandson. <laughs> I don't think Dev is dead. I think he's alive and will break free of Brainiac's control. I also feel like he might still bind with Lyda and Seg will still bind with Nyssa. 
In earlier interviews, Cameron said that the actors did not like the whole love triangle questions from interviewers because it takes away from the characters and leaves Dev out. It's true. It is, yeah. And it, and, it, and like we said earlier, it sort of like cheapens the narrative if like the focus is like, oh, the love triangle. It's like, no, we're telling a story, a very large, like the story's not about, like this is not a story that's specifically about someone's relationship. Like this is not Dawson's Creek. It's not, you know... <laughs> but no, I mean, there are certain shows that are, like, How I Met Your Mother is specifically meant to be about <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. You know, like, this is a show that's meant to be about people and their relationships. Like, Krypton is not that show. It's meant to be a show about many things, not just the relationships. Um, and then she says the ending was scary, awesome at the same, scary and awesome at the same time. And she says, how are they going to stop Brainiac and will they remain a cohesive team? I hope they do. I kind of like their little Scooby Gang vibe that they have going on right now. I like everyone be. I really do like everybody kind of being in the same space for a little bit. That's surprisingly nice. Yeah, I like like I like that they've all kind of come together, um, and I'm super intrigued to see what happens next week, like with Adam, and because it looks like Adam's going to be uh, interacting in some way with with the crew. I'm a little nervous. I really don't want them to make Adam like a bad guy. And I'm like, oh, because I think there was like a dialogue in the, in the trailer that was like, you don't know who the real bad guy is or something like it was somebody's voice. And uh, I think it was, I think it was General Zod's voice. And I was just like, oh. and then it like cut to Adam. But of course that could be like, you know, cute misdirected, ed misdirected editing. Um, but I was like, uh, yeah, I'm not here for Adam being the villain in this story, so. <laughs> like, no, trying so hard. Like, don't do that to me, show. Don't do that to me. I will, I will come back to this, like, what do we think about the, the whole Druzod's father thing? I know we were all like, what if he's secretly second lightest son? But now I'm like, the show is kind of leaning into it a little bit, which auto, uh, which like automatically makes me not trust it. Right. I'm like, oh, well, definitely that's not it then, because they're sort of opening the door for you to think that. Right, especially this show, which has given us many misdirects. <laughs> so, I always feel like true. when something is I like... I trust this. Right. Like, anything that seems to be, like, heavy-handed on a, on a TV show, I always feel is, like, that's not really what it is. Like, it's trying to make you think it, but it's not. So, yeah, I'm super curious to see, like, what goes down. Like, how, you know, like, does... You know, does she end up having, say, Dev's kid? and Or maybe we're looking at this the total wrong way, and it doesn't matter who his father is. Maybe it only matters... It, it matters to us because we think it's supposed to somehow impact the person that he turns out to be in the future we assume it's happening. But, but maybe it's really just more irrelevant than we think it is. Right. The only thing that makes me feel like it's relevant is because he says, oh, he was... He was killed in the battle for Kandor, which means it's someone she knows right now. Actually, that's a good point. So I was like, it has to be, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but like, or I mean, that also could just have been a lie she told him. Well, yeah, because technically, like, if it were, if it were Dev, he, he didn't die in the battle for Kandor, really. There's not a battle for Kandor currently happening. Right. But I mean, I guess you could sort of smush all those things together if it's like, in the, if it's basically shorthand for like, in the fight against Brainiac. Right. Yeah, like he's a casualty of that whole situation. But, I mean, it could just be covering up for who knows what else. Like, he ran away. He was from an undesirable, you know, class. Or he was secretly an elf. Right. 
Well, I, so, I feel like it could do a lot of things. Right. So this is my thing. I feel like at this point, the way that the narrative has been constructed and the way that we've seen these characters, if there is a a, a moment in, in the near future in which Lyta discovers that she's pregnant, I don't see her not telling Seg. Well, wait, here's another question. I just, I, I feel like there just needs to be, I need a guidebook. So if Kryptonians have kids in the Genesis chamber, can they actually get pregnant? That's a good question. Um, I was sort of working on the assumption that yes, they could. And that assumption comes from the beginning of Man of Steel because Cal's the first like natural born child in whatever, oh, whatever he says. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that totally. Hmm. And I guess, I guess that could also still be true. Right. Because he wouldn't, he wouldn't know otherwise. Right. And I'm all, and I'm taking that as canon. Now that could not, that could not apply here. But I feel like there's too many people involved in the show who are involved with Man of Steel for that right. to not be connected. Right. So I think, I, I think, think you're right. That's what makes me lean in right. that direction. Yeah. Like that's enough, that's enough of the question answered for me then to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> So there is a possibility that she could be pregnant and just not, I mean, not know that she's pregnant, right? Because it's only been like, like, you know, a couple of days. Um, so she might, she might not know that she's pregnant yet. And maybe she finds out, you know, later on after the battle and all of that. And who knows what goes down. So like, at, like I said, at this point in the narrative, I don't see a situation in which she doesn't tell Seg about it. That doesn't mean that there isn't, a situation in the near future in which they have some sort of break or they make a choice to go two different ways with something. I mean, that would make me sad, but you know, in this whole, in this whole battle situation, maybe he, maybe he decides, yes, let's go to Kryptonopolis or something. And she decides to stay. And, you know, I don't really know if that would, you know, that they would separate them in that way in the story, but I mean, anything could happen. <clears throat> And you can already see, you know, in this episode, there's a little bit of this pushback, you know, the fact that he wants Nyssa to be there on the team. And Jaina and Lighter are kind of like, uh, no. Poor you know, is that gonna, is that gonna play a role in there being, like, a possible reason why she wouldn't tell him? You know, it's all very soapy if, if Drew, <laughs> if Drew is, is Seg's kid. Which makes me feel, but I can also see a scenario in which she feels... Like if if Dev is is dead, I can see a scenario in which she feels guilty and feels like she should carry on his legacy and have that child that's waiting in the Genesis chamber. Yeah, I can see that too. Ugh, I don't know. I can also see a situation where General Zod is just lying. I mean, yes, he hasn't lied up until this point, but you know, because he does say to her, "Are you sure you want to know?" You know, so maybe he's like, eh, maybe he decides on his own not to tell her the truth. That would be the first lie he's told, but... This is definitely going to be one of the things we don't get an answer to this season. Yeah. Well, there was a lot, there was a lot to talk about this week. Yes, as usual. (laughs) So much. I think we've covered everything. We've covered all the emails. Yeah, I think, I think we hit all the big plot twisty things. Should we, uh... Should we, should we just do a thing where we're like, here's how I think it's going to end and we can have the same conversation next week, too? How we think... How we think this season's going to end? Okay. Give a guess. All right, let me see. What would I guess? How is this season going to end? I I actually really like the idea that the Brainiac story won't be entirely finished. I like the... I like this whole, like, the battle for Kandor begins kind of ending. I think that's a good... A good kind of stopping point 
that still lets us get, you know, that, that gives the next season another, you know, it gives the next season it's some direction, gives us a bunch to chew on over the summer or whatever season this hiatus ends up being in, several seasons probably, and lets the first season be about everybody kind of coming into their own to fight this battle. So that's, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the, the battle for Candor begins ending. Clock it. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I feel like it either has to be that, or it has to be the, or, or it has to be Candor getting collected. And it's the, and instead they end highlighted, like the battle for Candor is lost. The battle for Krypton begins. Something like that. Right. Yeah, there's a part of me that lean that leans towards the like can this battle for Candor gets lost, and next season is like we're in another location. Yeah, like whoever's left behind, you know. I really don't (laughs) see how that this this whole massive thing could get wrapped up by the end of the season either. So I mean, I actually shoot the show seems to live to like prove me wrong, so that's probably completely wrong. But I think that there could be a lot of things, like there could be a siege situation, like a resistance situation, a sort of drawn out guerrilla warfare situation. There's, there's a lot of ways to sort of fight for Candor could go. And I think that there's enough story there to be going on with without having to introduce everyone to an entirely new environment, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. But if they, if they all move to Kryptonopolis, part of the, ugh, I just also don't want to say Kryptonopolis <laughs> that many times. <laughs> but if they do, you know, if they do sort of have to pick up and move to another location to continue this to continue this fight, then part of that time is going to have to be devoted to the new place they're in, the new people they meet, and some more, and and some more kind of world building, which I really like. But it does take away from other time for other things. Right. That was a really long answer. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> nope. Totally fine. I can't believe there's only three episodes left. I can't believe I don't know what's going to happen in these three episodes. It could be anything. But that is our show for this week. Thank you for bearing with us through messed up intros and me rambling about many unconnected things. So, yay. Gold star for everyone. <laughs> And if for some reason you still need more Krypton in your life today, you can visit kryptonpodcast.com for all the latest news, photos, trailers, descriptions, and more about Krypton, along with all your, all of our latest episodes of the podcast. You can follow the podcast on social media. We're at Krypton Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. And we love, love, love hearing from anyone who is listening to us shout our feelings into the void. So if you have questions, thoughts, general yelling, gifts you would like us to, you know, use during our live tweets in the future, please email us at kryptonpodcast at gmail.com and share them. Or you can tweet us at kryptonpodcast. We're both on Twitter all the time. We'd love to talk to people. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, please hit us up with some five-star reviews because it's a great way to support the podcast and just let us know what you like or don't like about what we're doing. We're really kind of groveling for this lately because we took this podcast over this season and most of our reviews there are not about us. So we would really like to know what you are thinking of how we're doing, what we can improve, 
what word you wish I would stop saying all the time. All of these things are fair game. And finally, you can follow the entire DC TV podcast network featuring epic podcasts for every DC TV series at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DC TV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And last but not least, you can subscribe to our mega feed of all these great podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. Bye. Bye.